Welcome to Other You, a podcast where we discuss a decision in our lives that may or may not have had a long-lasting impact. We unpack some of the factors behind it and then explore in short story form what the other version of ourselves might have experienced around that time or shortly thereafter. I'm your host, Dee. Let's see where this story takes us. Welcome back to the show. I'm Danny Moreno. Please call me D. And today on Other You, I have Sam Brady. Today's episode is called Other Sam, and we're going to explore a decision in Sam's life where he has seen some long-lasting effects, and we're going to ask him a few questions about who he was at the time. We'll write a short story where we explore where Other Sam has gone, and then we'll chat about it. Sam, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. Excellent. Excellent. So, Sam, you and I know each other through improv. Um, and it's been well, a couple years now, yeah? Yeah, yeah. What, three or three, maybe? Not nah, three. I bet be about three, I bet. About three years. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, tell me, Sam, how have you been lately? Man, yeah, not bad. You know, uh, obviously, all the improv stuff is closed, and that was kind of my main both my main like social outlet and hobby. Uh, yeah. So not having that has been uh, interesting. I feel like mm-hmm. I'm diving into like video games a lot lately. Uh, oh, that's good. Uh, just because they're, they're also social, uh, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, depending on when you're listening, we are in the middle of a quarantine. And as a result of which, um, any type of theater or production house that uh, has closed quarters um, events is on hold. So, which is a bummer. And um, we met through IO, which has closed permanently. Yeah. 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 So, big, big, making big waves in the, big uh, waves. In the world. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that all pans out. But. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. I, I, I truly don't know uh, what, what the future holds. It's kind of a weird kind of a weird feeling but thematically appropriate given your show i think so so fair we're enough. <laughs> fair enough well on the nose there all yeah. right sam let's get into it um have you yeah. come up with a decision to explore yeah well um so i i think one of the bigger decisions that i've made um in my in my life recently um i guess it's been two years now but uh I, whenever I moved to Chicago to teach and I taught high school, okay. Um, I taught uh, so, I taught sophomore English, um, and I did that for two years, uh, and then um, I, I got laid off uh, May of 2018. Mm-hmm. Um, me and like four other teachers got laid off because our school had been kind of going through some uh, financial. The same thing that every public high school in Chicago yeah. goes through uh, yeah. all the time. Um, so, so I was just I kind of unfortunately, you know, I, I hadn't been there for very long. So I uh, and four others got laid off. Hmm. Um, but my principal, after after I received the notification that I uh, had been laid off, uh, my principal came and talked to me and said that, uh, "Hey, we can maybe make something work. Uh, you, it would mean." It would mean take like moving some financial numbers around and probably not getting uh, the salary that I was supposed to be getting given my education and experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and I decided instead of doing that and making it work, I decided to leave uh, like t- t- the classroom anyway okay. uh, to go um, do some other stuff. Two major factors played into that. One, okay. the teaching teaching was really demanding and really difficult and stressful. And I was, you know, trying to um, do a lot more uh, stuff comedically and performing um, a lot more. So I was like, I might just take some time away from teaching to really sink my teeth into um, performing, find a job that has a little bit more like a day job with a little bit more flexibility so that I could uh, really dive into um, all of that stuff. Okay. Um, And yeah, two, uh, I guess, well, I guess those are the two things was the, t- the teaching was pretty uh, demanding of my time and energy and resources. And then I also wanted to maybe pursue some more uh, creative endeavors um, okay. for a while. Uh, so, yeah, I think I made that decision um, okay. back June 2018. Uh, and yeah, I think it, it uh, I don't regret it, but I do miss Good. teaching a lot. Um, yeah. 
but uh but yeah and now i'm kind of moving into another career field okay um, anyway so um you said you moved to chicago to teach um yes where was home before chicago? yeah um so i grew up in uh, springfield missouri okay. um well, I, well really i grew up in rogersville missouri which is outside of springfield missouri uh Rogersville is like a really, really small town. Everything, everything that we did would happen in Springfield. Okay. Um, but yeah, I moved to Chicago to teach through, uh, I did got into teach for America. Um, okay. and it's that, that's a program. Um, so, and they just randomly place you. So I got kind of randomly assigned to Chicago, Serendipity. which I'm very fortunate to be. In, but, but. Yeah. Okay. Um, so teaching was that, was that your life's goal? as long as you can remember um, or did you just um, kind of fall into it yeah i kind of fell into that uh my senior year of college I, my my initial plan was i was like gonna go to law school and uh do you know be an attorney or like work in dc or something that was like mm. where i definitely saw myself uh but senior year i found out about teach for america um always kind of thought that uh teaching had always been kind of something in my head that i thought was interesting um but never but in college, I was like, oh, there's no way that I could do it without having to go back and get an education degree. And that's what Teach for America does is they, you don't, you get your, you get your education's education while you're teaching. Okay. Um, so like I, I was, I was getting, I got my master's like at night while I was teaching during the day. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and so that, that, that was appealing to me. Um, and that, that was kind of how I was like, oh, this is a great avenue for me to A, move away, which is something that I wanted to do. And be get an opportunity to teach, um, and you know keep getting some more education along the way. Right. Uh, so yeah, I did that. I made that decision my senior year, but I, I did like a hard pivot from like prepping for the LSAT and everything into just like deciding to teach. Um, wow. My senior year. Wow. Yeah. Major left turn. I dig it. I dig yeah. It. Okay. So um, how how many years out of um, so you went straight to that Teach for America program to Chicago, right? Right. Yeah. So I graduated from college May of 2016. Okay. Um, I'm, I moved to Chicago June of 2016 um, and then taught. I actually started teaching summer school that June. So I taught from June of 2016 until June of 2018. Oh, okay. I was, a, I was a teacher with uh, CPS. Gotcha. Straight to CPS for two years. Cool. Yeah. All right. Let's talk a little bit about some of your – what do you feel when you started teaching uh, and you were placed in the program um, – well, through the pl- program at the school? Uh, what was your trajectory in your mind for the next five years or so? Well, when I was teaching, I, I truly loved it. I, I really, um, enjoyed working with kids. I knew, I knew right off the bat that in school, like administration was never something that I was going to do. Um, I, I I just had no interest in like becoming a principal or something along those lines. I knew that like, while I was teaching, the thing that I liked about the job was the interaction with the kids. So While I was teaching, I think my my plan really was to continue to do so. Mm-hmm. Um, at you know, and I, I enjoyed working in the school environment that I did um, uh, with like working with the student population that I did, um, mm-hmm. uh, and that that was something that was really appealing to me, and I thought it was a lot of fun, and I, I learned a lot um, about myself and about you know uh, my students and everything. So, okay. so yeah, that, that was kind of. Uh, in my head, I'd built up that, a trajectory like that. I think really what changed maybe was the the school, the environmental factors, the administration of my school, the mm-hmm. di- like kind of sort of chaotic uh, nature of uh, of like the building, um, yeah, and like the way the way administrative issues were handled um, was mm-hmm. sort of frustrating and really difficult to work with and i also kind of felt like i was on an island a little bit uh teachers will oftentimes complain about that that you kind of you're you're dealing with kids all day so you're constantly socially 
you, you have to be on all the time. Right. But at the same time, you're not really getting any like peer to peer social interaction because like other teachers are in their classrooms. Um, yeah. So, so it, it was kind of a weird blend of feeling like you're performing constantly uh, without getting a lot of the, um, uh, you know, energy, uh, like peer friendly energy back. Right. I mean, obviously, like the kids are great, but they're not like they're not your friends. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. Hopefully not. Right. Hopefully yeah, not. Right. <laughs> so, what was one of the main um, deciding factors to leave teaching for good instead of pursuing another teaching job after you got laid off? Oh man. Well, so so. Uh, Full transparency, I tried to get other teaching jobs for, for mm. a while. Like that, that was my initial, I was just like, I'll just go work at a different school. Because whenever I left my school, I was like, I'm tired of this principal. I'm tired of this building's energy. And I, I was frustrated at the fact that I, I got like an email telling me that I was laid off before my principal had like messaged it to me. Because I, I got the email from the like CPS HR department. Like informing the, the informing me that I'd been laid off, that my principal had decided to lay me off uh, before my principal had like talked to me about it. Yeah. Um, and so I, that I was just like, man, I'm out. Like, like I don't want to work with you anymore. Um, mm -hmm. uh, I'm just going to go work at a different school. But the problem, uh, uh, not the problem, but a problem that I ran into was whenever you get your master's, according to Chicago and Illinois, you are, you're on a pay schedule. Like the raises aren't like merit-based. They're just mm -hmm. kind of um, decided based on like your years of experience mm -hmm. and your education level. You got your steps and you got your lanes. Gotcha. Um, and so I got my master's, which would have gotten me like made me a much more expensive teacher uh, uh -huh. to hire, but I didn't have the years of experience to like make me worth hiring. Um, gotcha. like I only been teaching for two years, but because of my masters, I was more expensive than another two year ex uh, experienced teacher. Right. Um, so I don't think I was particularly appealing as a candidate, um, to Just public school. I, I could have worked at a charter school probably, but I was kind of hesitant to go down that path. Mm. And then I had a friend who worked at, uh, the nonprofit that I worked at, um, following my teaching career uh, she just got me an interview there and i got the i got the job there and it was it afforded me that kind of flexibility that i was looking for i, I think frankly after two years of teaching i was feeling really drained sure. of a very regimented uh like work lifestyle where it's like you have to be there um and you have to be on right at the beginning of the day because mm -hmm. you have like your first period and then you're just kind of running that all day um, and then my school, I was doing a lot of the prep um, for my own. I was writing my own curriculum. I was preparing myself every day. I was doing all the grading and all of that basically had to take place outside of the workday. Mm -hmm. um, and I think any teacher will say that that's a reality of the job. But I think yeah. after two years, I was feeling kind of burnt out on it. Um, and I really wanted to uh, like perform more and like performances, you know, you're like, out till like 10 or 11 or midnight or something and then you mm -hmm. get back and try to teach in the morning at 7 30 it was just a a lot so yeah. i was like maybe i'll just step away for a little bit and uh, <laughs> back off of this try to... yeah okay so uh, did you discover performing here or was performing um a part of your life before you got to chicago and it, it just kind of worked out that you ended up getting placed here no. Um, so I had never, I, I took an acting class in college, like just cause I had to get a fine arts thing. Um, but other than that, no, I never like acted. Um, I, I just got into improv, uh, me and my friend, um, James and my other friend Cody were just like, let's do it. Like, it'll be fun. And I ended up really liking it. Um, and just kind of stuck with it. Um, and then the more that I've done it, the more that I have enjoyed it and improv kind of switched into, you know, more sketch and writing um, mm -hmm. and like solo characters and stuff like that. So that's kind of where my head has been at for a while now. And then I right. got like the, but yeah, anyway, um, that, that's definitely, it was definitely um, a coincidence that I got into it. But then as soon as I got into it, I got really into it. Gotcha. Okay. So your, your, your short time um, 
man, weighing all of these things, wanting to get away from the faculty at the first school after they had laid you off, not being super motivated to try and work things out to remain hired on, uh, not being the ideal candidate because your pay rate potential was much higher because of your uh, degree and finding improv. Where would you say those those are the the three main motivators to like truly um, get out of it so that you could focus more on spending the quality time uh performing and creating performances uh in the time that you would otherwise spend either sleeping or preparing for school yeah. and that sort of thing yeah yeah i i think I definitely think um general like burnout and fatigue. Uh, was a, was a big motivating factor for me, okay. um, and 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 yeah, it, it, it sucks to say, and it, it, I, I acknowledge that like I had only been doing it for two years, mm-hmm. and like you know, you talk to these like veteran teachers who are just like that's part of the job, yeah. Um, uh, and I, I think I've been kind of wrestling with that with myself uh, mm-hmm. a little bit, like you know, I, I've always kind of in the back of my head said, oh, I'll just go back to teaching after you know, after a while, right. but now I question, you know, could I, if I, if I wanted to, is that really something that I could like handle again? Yeah. Um, uh, and I, the answer is, I don't really know, but, uh, but yeah, I, I think general burnout and fatigue, a desire to, uh, you know, create and be a little bit more flexible in my life. Um, we're, we're definitely the, the motivating factors. Okay. Um, were you, were you seeing anyone, um when you moved to chicago um no so i moved up here um single and then i met actually my i met my uh current girlfriend um the two of us we live together we've been together for three years now but we met in my in my improv uh class my my very first level a class the two of us met wow okay yeah yeah, so that was that was definitely um, uh, a a a reason that I liked um, improv so much. You know, mm-hmm. kind of kind of fell into it uh, really hard that way because, like, her and I we were friends for like a year, um, and then I don't know. You actually in our in our class that you and I had together, I think that was whenever we had like just started, um, uh, you know, dating. Um, and that we had known each other for over a year after at that point. Um, so, okay. So yeah. you, you took your first acting class a year before you and I met. And then in the class, we, the three of us happened to be in the same class because that's when you guys started. Dating. Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. did you live? And, I mean, um, and that was, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, go ahead. No, no, no. I, I was just saying that was another, that was another thing was, uh, you know, I was trying I wanted to like spend more time with her before we were living together. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, essentially, you know, my, my weeks were like Sundays, I were, were 100% committed to me grading for the week, prepping for the week and doing like my graduate, uh, school, like coursework. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I had night classes two nights a week. Um, and then if I ever wanted to like have improv class or any like improv performances were in the evening. So her and I weren't really getting to spend a lot of time together because we lived across town before we moved in together. Right. Um, so yeah, yeah, definitely time was a big part of that. Wow. Okay. All right. So when you moved to Chicago, were you, uh, did you move into an apartment by yourself? Did you have roommates? Um, actually, yeah. So Teach for America, they housed us for like five weeks in some like college dorms, basically, mm-hmm. uh, with all the other teachers. And, uh, they're just like, we recommend finding, a finding a roommate with each other. Um, <laughs> they're like, you can live by yourself. So like, we had like five weeks basically to just kind of befriend somebody, um, oh. and move in with them. Um, and I got really lucky. I ended up uh, living with my friend, James. Um, okay. he was the one who I, I said, we took the improv class together. Right. Um, did you, uh, did he go through that same yeah, program? You know, I just, yeah, yeah. He was, uh, he did teach for America as well. Gotcha. Um, that's how we met. And then how we became friends was both of us mentioned enjoying comedy and liking, like wanting to try it out. Um, oh. so that's how we became friends. 
Um, but yeah, but it, like after the five weeks, we were like all just kind of sitting around and we had to decide who we wanted to live with. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of us just kind of got together and basically just kind of paired off. Uh, gotcha. very, find your buddy. Uh, felt very high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just find find your buddy and go find an affordable housing situation with them. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, had you ever, when it was time to leave, um, when you made the decision, okay, I'm not going to go back to teaching right now. Uh, did you ever consider going back to Springfield? Or, I mean the the town um, that you're actually from uh no i i don't i don't think so i i think i think chicago was always my after i after i got here i learned how much i loved it and i don't, I don't think going back was something that i wanted to do okay um def, definitely wanted to stay in chicago definitely wanted to uh frankly like explore it more um yeah, yeah. okay so besides comedy Besides um, improv and writing and all that, what are some of your hobbies? What are some of the things that you do for fun and have done for fun um, while you're in Chicago? Besides like pursuing improv and stuff, have you found other things that bring you joy in the in the city? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, let's see here. Uh. Big, I guess big sports guy. Love, uh, love the availability of all of the sports to go watch, like live sports around Chicago. But they're also mm-hmm. just like I don't know, really like watching them on TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. Recently, I've gotten really into uh, computers and stuff. I'm learning how to like code and uh, like some software um, development type of things. That brings me a lot of joy, and I like that a lot. Nice. Um, not, that's not Chicago specific, but right. I, I've, I've, that's what I've been doing in quarantine, basically, yeah. is learning all that. Stuff. Right, it's a job that you can do from your house. Yeah. So, right, cool. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, um, let's. Have you found any places in Chicago that you find to be like any restaurants that you love, love, loved? Like, what? Ooh, what give me your uh, like you know top um, couple spots are so like okay this is my spot i go here like a couple times a month dude uh i'll say whenever i worked at the at uh the nonprofit following um my following teaching i got the job at the nonprofit that i was at um and it was right next to the french market um, oh I mean, yeah dude, it's just like right there off of the green line uh stop and it's just it's like 10 or 12 uh like kind of kiosks of yeah just re- they're not all french they're just all like yeah. a bunch of different places but dude i ate there every day i think yeah I, like i just went to a different spot but man the lobster uh, roll and yeah. that pastrami that dude, yeah, dude that dude calling you out say hey you come here come come have a piece of this he gets me every time man yeah i know man I, yeah i love that place um trying to think of other uh thing oh dude uh we live right next to cozy noodles um oh. in the wrigleyville area mm-hmm. um that place it's a great thai thai spot nice uh eat there far too often given <laughs> my proximity to it nice so tell me a place that you frequented uh while you were still teaching what was what what were some of the comfort food uh, things that you did while teaching and then after that what are some of the the comfort activities you did while teaching oh okay all right, great. Um, so while I was teaching, I lived over in the Humboldt Park area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a, like in terms of activities, I would uh, I would like jog and like bike around that park a lot. Um, okay, the, that, that's something that I haven't done probably since I've moved away from there um, and quit teaching. Yeah, um, there was a place. Uh, some it's like a cube. A Cuban restaurant, I think it's like Cuban, Cuba eighteen twelve or eighteen ninety five, some some date that I don't remember. That is right next to my place in Humboldt Park area, and they had just some awesome like Cuban sandwiches, like the um, is the, it like their ninety miles? No, so it's it's south of ninety miles. I know where that's at. Okay, um, uh, and I, I like that place a lot too. Um, but this one's just right on North Ave. Uh, gotcha. Okay, but I can't remember the name of it. 
Okay, so there's a Cuban spot where you got a bunch of yeah. sandwiches and yeah. things. Yeah, I would get there, like, ham sandwiches. But the thing was, while I was teaching, um, there were uh, my school was located in a food desert. Like, um, they, they, they recently built a grocery store there. But in terms of, like, actual restaurants, I think there was a Wendy's. And I think that might have been it, like, in proximity. So, like, on my lunch break, I couldn't, like, go anywhere. So I brought my food every day. So I got really into cooking uh, and doing a lot of, like, meal prepping. Just basically, I would cook a bunch on Sunday and then eat leftovers for the whole week. Yeah. That's how I how I lived while I was teaching. Okay. Um, so uh, accidental yeah. meal prepping just because you didn't have time, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Like, cause yeah, you only the lunch break was only fifty minutes. Um, so it's like if you were gonna go somewhere, you had to go somewhere close, and you had to like kind of hustle. And there was yeah, just that Wendy's, and you know I would eat there sometime. You can know, there's only so many baconators, you know. So I would. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I I did a lot of cooking for myself um, for those two years, and I feel like I got out of that. But then this quarantine has got me back into that. Yeah. Uh, just really recently. But yeah, for after I left, I was definitely eating out a lot more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know, it's interesting. In quarantine, I have found myself exploring all kinds of cooking options that I haven't for a long time or never thought of. In fact, someone I know from IO lent me her sous vide. Dude, and yes. I, I made a pork loin uh, with the sous vide that blew my mind. So I got really ambitious and tried to sous vide a whole chicken. And it was the worst thing I ever ate. <laughs> it was it was like chewing on a tire. Uh, it tasted like all the seasoning, which was great. But it, it was just like eating a tire. It was the worst. Dude, the that, absolute worst. Oh, man, that is so interesting. I uh, So that's like that was like a... I think a, a Christmas gift from my dad, like two years ago, he gave me a sous vide. Um, Get out of here! And yeah, yeah, I love it, but I've never tried a chicken in there. Uh, yeah, I'm I probably won't now. <laughs> well, just don't do the whole chicken. If I'm yeah. gonna, the next time I do chicken, I'm going to cut it up into pieces. Um, mm-hmm. because man, it was it was painful. It was painful. <laughs> <laughs> and I just use like those um clasp and seal bags like ziploc baggies i had one big enough to fit it but it just it just did not work out the way that i had hoped didn't get it done yeah it's uh it's really unique i like literally never heard of it it seems super bizarre uh to like cook in like water like that but dude it works it look yeah tastes great yeah i came across a youtube channel a couple years ago uh that was all about sous vide and i mean one of the things that he emphasizes at the end of every, like when it's done cooking, he says, look, I know it looks terrible right now. It looks awful, but just, just give me a minute. Let me sear it. And then it'll be beautiful. But I, I, yeah. I agree. It looks like poodoo, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that I, I found that out because like when I make the, the pork loin, I was like, Ooh, this looks so anemic right now, <laughs> you know, yeah, but it's, definitely. I mean, that's it's it's fine that's how it's supposed to do if there's no fire it's not gonna look like mm-hmm. it's cooked in fire so mm-hmm. is there anything else that you can think of that that we didn't cover anything well, that was that you yeah. felt like was key to the moment to the time maybe not to that moment but the one thing that i that the thing that i've been reflecting on maybe the most since i left teaching while i was teaching i never felt like unsatisfied in what I was doing. Like I knew that what I was doing was good Uh um, and it felt important um, and like felt valuable. Yeah. Um, I I think for me that there was, I I hit a breaking point where I was like, that's not enough for me to like want to continue doing it. Like the costs outweighed the, like those, those benefits for me at, the, at that point in my life yeah but then i i think i went really hard the other direction in my nonprofit job that i worked for two years that i felt like i don't really feel like i'm doing anything um, i don't think it's like worthwhile um wow. 
I feel like kind of lazy uh, is kind of how I started feeling like with my work where I was like, I'm not like proud of myself. Um, and I don't really get the sense other people are like proud of me, I guess. Wow. Um, uh, Dang. And so, so that's that. And so now I think, I think that feeling is what kind of motivated me to try to switch, switch jobs again um, hmm. and get back into, get into like this uh, computer uh, science stuff um, and get yeah. like more educated in that field. I don't think that would have ever happened if I had stayed teaching. I think sure. I probably, I think I'd probably be a lot more burnt out. Uh, yeah. But I think I would be a much better teacher. Um, right. Probably would have, probably wouldn't have been. I probably wouldn't be performing or writing as much. Mm-hmm. Um, but I probably, I certainly wouldn't be like trying to get into another career field right. for a third time. I guess. Gotcha. Uh, uh, do you think, in retrospect, you might be, you, you might have been a little hard on yourself in the time after you left um, because you recognize that, Hey, this wasn't, I didn't hate it. I didn't hate what I was doing. Do you think maybe you gave yourself a little bit of a, a harder time um, because of that? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I definitely, I, I don't, I don't, I still don't regret uh, the decision that I made, but I do think that in hindsight, maybe, I think the the challenges that I were facing that I was facing mm-hmm. was more a product of being new to it mm-hmm. than I was than it was like a product of the job itself. I, I think I think a lot of the complaints that teachers have, um, mm-hmm. and certainly the complaints that I had, were about like the time management and like the amount of work that you're doing outside of your work day um, and feeling just kind of generally burnt. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of that goes away as you get better and as you have like more resources at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. So I think had I had I stuck with it and hung in there, I think it would have gotten easier um, and I would have gotten better at it. Um, I, I think I stepped away maybe in a fit of really feeling low on on myself and on my or- the organization that I was working with. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I any yeah, that'd be my advice to anybody like teaching, um, uh, maybe like hang with it, uh, I guess. Yeah. But but my advice to anybody who's thinking about teaching is like it's gonna it's gonna be pretty brutal for like yeah. your, at least your first year. They, they okay. just don't think there's any way around it. Okay. Uh, so as far as other Sam goes, um, is there anything that's off limits? N- no, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, yeah. So the next part of the program, we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, I'm going to read other Sam and Sam and I are going to discuss it. We'll find how closely he might identify with other Sam, how closely other Sam might identify with him. We'll see where their trajectories may or may not be in line or how far apart they are. Uh, there's not, there's nothing that says that other Sam at the end of his short story won't be 70 years old. We'll see where the words take us, but, uh, give us a minute. We'll be right back.
right, welcome back. Um, at this point of the show, we're going to go ahead and read the story, Other Sam, and then we'll discuss it. You ready? Ready for it. All right, here we go. I just got laid off? Other Sam whispers softly, staring in disbelief at the screen in his hands. His mind races. All the dominoes that fell into place to land him here at this moment stopped short of knocking the rest down, the long line of dominoes in his mind vanishing briefly. Ding, ding. The tech me text message notification rings. Please come see me. The message comes from his principal, someone with whom there has been no real relationship built. Frustrated and confused, Other Sam walks heavily down the hallways leading to the principal's office. Memories of making a similar trek as a child in grade school rest differently in his mind. Outrageous. How could I find out about being laid off in an email? Please, come in. I'm sure by now you've heard. Yes, I did hear. Why didn't it come from you? Responds Other Sam angrily. Well, I wanted to keep you. But you laid me off, Other Sam presses. I did. I did have to agree to that. You were among the most recently hired. I had to choose you. But look, she continues, we can, we can work things out. Let me move some money around. You'll be making less, but you'll still have a job. Are you kidding? You're going to lay me off, then not tell me, then rehire me at less pay? Is this a joke? Do you want to be unemployed, Other Sam? That's not a serious question. I mean, I want to keep my job. I don't want a lesser paying version with all the same responsibilities. That's crazy. You're crazy. No, you're hilarious. A comedian, no less. Other Sam turns sharply and storms back out to his classroom. He gathers his things and without finishing the day, heads home. Some time later, the days begin to bleed into one another. Today is Thurs Fryman, the 17th day of the first week since Other Sam was let go. He lays back comfortably in his bed. His hands support his head his fingertips tapping to the songs on the Spotify playlist. His button-down shirt is mostly open, refreshing. His other hand fingers a tuft of chest hair. He replays the moments leading up to and immediately after his confrontation with Principal Olivia. Remembering his love for law, he sits up and grabs at his phone. The brightly lit screen shines on his unwashed face. His fingers scroll through the pages of apps, landing on his browser. I should have just gone to law school and become a lawyer. Why didn't I? Ding, ding. A message invades his search. The contact reads, P.O.S. Other Sam chuckles at the juvenile renaming of Principal Olivia's contact info. The text simply reads, I know you left a little angry. Look, I can get you more money. We can make this work. I won't ask again. So if you want the job, call me. And now, heaving his messenger bag over his shoulder, Other Sam mounts his road bicycle and heads out onto the early morning Chicago city streets. The early bustle slows traffic to a crawl along North Avenue, heading west and then south to Division, which has a better bike lane. Other Sam quickly pedals to class. Climbing the steps to his third-floor classroom, he breathes heavily through his nose. The winter morning is still dark, waiting on the sleepy sun to rise and remind everyone that the beauty of the city is hiding in the dark. It is cold outside, the kind of cold that stabs you through your coat, the kind that squeezes you like a toothpaste tube, letting out all of the warmth inside you. The warmth that keeps your body functioning properly. This is the cold that stains your face with its kiss and dyes your ears red and cracks your lips if you dare to speak. Other Sam shivers as the warmth of the third floor blankets him. He owns the shivers and relishes the bite at the ends of his fingertips. Reaching into his bag, he retrieves his thermos. Lifting the lid lets a dancing, bit of stream, uh, a dancing stream of vapor escape into the room. Best part of my day, you and me and the sunrise. He looks lovingly into the blackness of his coffee. The void calls to him, and he beats it with a kiss and a sip. Some time passes. Hey, Miss Olivia, you got a minute? Sure, Other Sam, come on in. What can I do for you? Other Sam enters the unkempt office. The walls are littered with inspirational posters of tiny animals giving advice. An orange kitten holds tightly onto a curtain and underneath reads, Hang in there. There's a full-size globe on her desk and stacks of unopened letters. The bookshelves are full of textbooks, magazines, and dictionaries. There are three ident identical filing cabinets against the wall opposite her desk. From left to right, their labels read delinquency, contracts, and contraband. The first two are filled to the brim with files and papers, but the third has always been empty and serves more as a deterrent against misbehaving than collecting items confiscated from problem students. Other Sam takes a seat in the lone chair in the office. He leans to the side to see around the globe. Other Sam begins, well, 
I've been thinking. Olivia cuts him off. I'm so glad you decided to stay with us. Yes, it's about stepping on his sentence again, Olivia blurts. The kids love you and you're doing a great job. Four years. Wow. Yes, I would like to talk if that's okay. Oh, yes, by all means. But 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 just know, you're right where you're supposed to be. Um, I don't know that that's true. There's been no budget the last two years to pay me even what I was making, let alone offer me incentive to stay here long term. But you have a job. Not everyone has a job. The other two teachers I had to let go, they're still gone. But not you. You're here working. That's great news. You're welcome, Mother Sam. I'm so glad we could secure you. Secure me? Look, I just wanted to let you know that I'm looking at maybe going back to school for a PhD or something. I know with my master's, I should be offered more than I'm getting. Other Sam, the professor. Ooh, okay. I like that. That would definitely add some prestige to the school. Great idea. Maybe we can change your schedule some and give you like two days a week elective. Is that what you're hearing me say? That I want to add prestige to this school? We're so happy to have you here. Look, it's, is there anything else? I, I guess not. You always make it weird. And I don't understand why this would be the time that you would make a, such a strong effort to support me. I do support you. Besides, Cheryl let me know that you applied at Walter Payton. You may not think I'm a fighter, but I fight for what's mine. Other, other Sam's eyes widen, repulsed. He leans back, hiding behind the globe. Olivia spins it to catch his eye. He stands, and as he backs away and out of the office, he softly says to himself, What's mine? Principal Olivia quickly retorts, What's mine and who's mine? Ew, Other Sam cries aloud. A little bit later, Mr. Other Brady, so nice to meet you. A tall, slender man with a neatly pressed suit offers, extending his hand. Other Sam, messenger bag in hand, places his bag at his feet and reaches out to shake hands with the principal of Walter Payton High School. That's a firm grip. I like that. I, always, I was always taught, if you shake a man's hand, you look him in the eye and you shake firmly. I assume you heard something similar? Sure. I mean, not exactly in those words, but I don't disagree with them. I like to shake firmly. You know, you know what they say, a firm handshake keeps the arthritis away. Who, who says that? I've never heard that, but I mean, I like it. <laughs> welcome, welcome to the, to the school. Let me show you around. Other Sam slides his arms through his sleeves of his favorite shirt, meticulously buttoning from bottom to top. He adjusts the fit as he goes. The percolating from the coffee maker converses with the whirring of the blender, filling the tiny kitchen with the sounds of breakfast and lunch. It's dark outside, but there is color at the edge of the horizon. Other Sam quickly finishes dressing himself and heads to the kitchen. Both hands take a task. His right pours the coffee into his favorite thermos. His left pours his protein shake into a tall shaker bottle. He fastens the two, drink, the two drinks tightly and stuffs them into his bag. He heads out his front door and down the steps. His helmet is locked to his bike, which is in turn locked to the wrought iron fence surrounding his apartment building. A few clicks later, his helmet is in place, the gate is shut behind him, and he is riding in the waning dark to work. Upon arriving at work, he secures his bicycle and slips into the front door. He scampers down the hall and up a single flight of stairs, stopping at the halfway point to look out the east-facing window. Catching his breath, he retrieves his coffee, flips the top open, takes a cautioned sip. Inhaling and exhaling deeply, he looks out at the edge of the horizon and loudly exclaims, Ah, my favorite part of the day. You and a sunrise. Um, thanks, he hears from up the steps behind him. Other Sam quickly turns around and is greeted with a sarcastic smile by Harold, the head of the overnight cleaning crew. The two share a quick laugh and Other Sam heads up the rest of the stairs and down the hall to his classroom. The end. Man. Wow, I loved it. Yeah, good. Good. I'm glad yeah. you dug it. So, what? what's... Yeah. Let's... Is there is there any part of that that you think might have happened that way had you stuck around on Dude, that end of the, the scene? Yeah, um, yes, I think it, it's so funny because um, that that's a hundred percent how uh, my principal uh, Olivia um, would talk uh, to us and about us. Um, really? It was a lot of um, it was definitely the like the fight energy, um, mm -hmm. but the the problem was she was a lot of talk and then she would, you know, do stuff, do stuff like what she did with the layoff, like kind of behind your back. Kind of thing. So, right. so that, that rings very true. I think, mm -hmm. um, I think had I, yeah, had I stayed looking, like looking at other schools was, um, like hundred percent in my, 
in in my path. And Walter Payton is, yeah, that's that's funny that you mentioned that because lots of uh, lots of teachers teach. I mean, obviously teach there, but like I knew some people that teach there. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I thought that was I thought that was great. I also love. I mean, like it is so true that the the morning, like at least from my experience. You come into the day super energized, um, and but you have that like that moment to yourself. I would mm-hmm. I would show up to work crazy early just before my first period class, just to have some time for myself to like settle in. Because like mm-hmm. if you're just showing up when first period starts, like you 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 got to be on right away. Right. Um, yeah. So that is a very accurate description of of my life then. Oh yeah. Um, uh, right on. Yeah. Do you drink coffee? Did I, did I guess that right? That you drink coffee? (laughs) Yes. Drink a lot of coffee and um, uh, definitely uh, would drink it alone in my room. And that was the best part of my day. Uh, That that is an accurate (laughs) statement. Um, Yeah. It's actually funny that you say um, uh, mentioning uh, the like coffee maker at Walter Payton. Mm -hmm. Um, My school that I taught at didn't have like a, didn't have a coffee maker like the the teacher's lounge it didn't really have a teacher's lounge space Mm. it was just um it was just like kind of a sub office off of the principal's office like it shared a wall with her office so like there was no real place for like community or teachers to like you would have to be you have to go over to their classroom and be in their classroom gotcha Um, okay but there's no like communal space um Mm -hmm. and so you mentioning the coffee maker. That was a complaint that a lot of the teachers at my school had was like, why, we don't even have a coffee maker. Like, <laughs> like at least do that. Like we had to bring yeah. our coffee from home right. or like ordered. So I don't know, but that's funny. Yeah. Oh, man. Right on. Uh, so I know uh, there are some people that I know that really enjoy the cold. Are you one of those people? Was I able to guess that? Or do you, um, are you, do you hate it? I, um, I'm a winter over summer a hundred percent of the time. Yeah. yeah. I, I like, I like the cold better than like, I obviously number one prefer to like be comfortable, but if I had to sure. pick like the summers, like we're having right now, the, this heat yeah. or being cold, it's cold every time. Cold. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right now I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much the same way. Uh, cause if it's, if, if, even if it runs colder, right without it dropping to negatives but if it runs colder all year i'm totally happy yeah you know yeah, i did same you can you can warm up mm-hmm. you yeah cool you can, yeah you put on blankets and I, I feel like there's something beautiful about you know taking a nap in the fall and you crack the window a little bit and you just get those little wisps of chilly air that come through oh yeah i, I love it dude yeah and i mean it it says it says a lot about like i mean chicago school year uh runs from like september until like the end of june which is i don't know if that's i don't know if that's how every place does it's definitely not how my school went like my school we started in august and got out of may yeah um so like september is hot but then october it starts to like cool off so most Mm -hmm. of the school year it's cold like i mean you're you're talking few weeks of september but then october through you know march it's like pretty damn cold and then it yeah. you know heat up and then by the end of the year like that last month is agony like yeah. june is just everybody's hot everybody's like i'm done like i'm out like i cannot <laughs> be here because everybody yeah. like wants to be in the summer anyway right yeah um yeah, yeah. So, and then it's uncomfortable so, yeah. and then i feel like a lot of schools especially a lot of inner city schools don't have really good air conditioning so you're no. just like sweating while you're in class. Gross. Yeah, ours didn't. Our our AC and um no, our heat worked, but like our heat wouldn't stop working. Like our heat, like my room just like got pumped in. So even in the cold months, like the colder it got outside, like it got to like be like eighty something in my classroom. Oh so my it was like gosh. I was never comfortable, like ever. <laughs> and I'm not the only teacher who's expressed that. That is right. a, that is a fact of yes. Oh man, <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's tough. So like the the last bar where I worked, um, it had three floors, right? And so all of the heat would just get pumped all the way straight up to the third floor. And it had a thermostat. <laughs> and if the, the thermostat was like near, so like they would crack a window on one end or crack the door open, but the thermostat was over there. 
So it would just catch all these, you know, all this cold air hitting it. So it would just keep pumping. Yeah. So you're getting all the hot air from the whole <laughs> building. Plus you're getting in this tiny little bar space on the top floor, its own heat. So you're just like sweltering. There was oh. one day where there was a bottle of, of liquor on the top shelf that got so hot that the top just went and popped right off. <laughs> <laughs> just out of the blue man. Like, oh man this is bad oh yeah, yeah. and then then people are in there drinking and like you get mm-hmm. hotter uh yep. and you just oof yeah it was it was not so it was not so yeah oh man no so no the, i um oh no go ahead no go ahead you got something to say i can hear it Oh, no, I was just I was just going to say, like, it, it was cool. I think um, hearing this story, uh, I liked other Sam um, seemed. I, I guess it, I just. I miss about teaching, I miss feeling that kind of sense of determination and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like, yeah, it's a challenge, like nobody's denying that teaching is a challenge, but then mm-hmm. like to to be meeting that challenge every day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I missed that a lot yeah. uh, about about teaching, and I think this mm-hmm. captured that really well. Like, there's always like these fights, and it's like the the classroom, like your actual job is at the end of the day, like a really small like. It's weird because you're you're a professional, and you have mm-hmm. all these like professional relationships, like your relationship mm-hmm. with your boss and your relationship with your coworkers, in addition to like the thing that you're actually supposed to be doing, which is your relationship right. with your students in your classroom. Yeah. Um, so yeah, th- there's a part of me that misses the relationship with the kids, but a lot of those other battles uh, are ones that I don't miss fighting. <laughs> <laughs> you can live with that. Right on. Yeah. Right on. So do you think you were able to clearly see yourself uh, in the story? Was I able to capture like part of what, how you may have reacted to things Um you know, if if you would have gone down that road, did I capture that I was able to to capture? Uh, you know, were you able to see yourself in there? You know? Yeah, hundred percent. I think. Um, I mean, literally, the conversation at the beginning, the "come see me," um, it, mm-hmm. like that's how it happened. Like, I got a text message after receiving an email, mm-hmm. and that kind of walked down to her office. Right. Um, my my room, my classroom was on. It was actually on the fourth floor, but oh, hers okay. was on the on the first. Uh, but it was interesting because we never used the first floor. It was like all closed. So like her huh. office is on the second, and then mine is on the fourth. So anyway, um, <laughs> uh, so like that walk down to her office is totally how I felt. Like I felt like a kid in trouble because like I had just been like laid off, and that like it was my first. That was my first professional job, mm-hmm. and the first time that I was getting relieved from a job. Right. Um, so like. I, it was a lot of emotions going through. I think the one difference probably between me and other Sam, I think I had a tendency to, um, you know, I, I kind of rolled over and took it a lot more gotcha. uh, okay. like with, with her than I think that meeting of me saying I'm done, like I'm out. It was, mm-hmm. it was a lot more. Um, uh, that was like the first time that I had ever really like stood up uh, okay. and said like, and, and so I, I think, other Sam is a little bit more vocal than I was. And, but to, to that point, a little bit like mm-hmm. had I stayed in that role, it would have been, that would have been exactly the energy that I would have had to have mm-hmm. kept. To, uh, and also like PhD is totally like, was my dream while I was teaching. Um, oh yeah. I did not want to. Yeah. I, I wanted to like, I wanted to teach like at the college level and that's still something that I kind of want to do, but um yeah. Like I still think about PhD a lot, but less now. Um, right. So yeah. Wow. Right on. Good. 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 I'm, gl- I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. Glad we were able to kind of get that out, and then, and in a way that you were able to connect with. I, it, like yeah. part of me is a little nervous every time that, um, m- kind of my my ability to guess how you may how the guest may or may not interact in those situations i'm just like man i, I have some information hopefully i'm doing that inter- information justice and kind of picking and like creating a tone for you like for other sam kind of creating yeah. his tone and like the way he would talk versus you know like not just cussing her up and down the whole time every single time they talk right and, yeah yeah no i i i think it was very uh true to character i had cool. um 
Yeah, no, I, I think I think it captured it well. I I I, I had met other principals, um, and I I felt like I liked the relationship that other Sam and that uh, the Walter Payton principal had. Like mm-hmm. that's kind of how I felt with with other bosses that were out there. I was like, man, it doesn't have to be combative. Like we don't right. have to have this like kind of weird like fighting energy um mm-hmm. like it didn't have to be that way and like right. that was honestly really that was a really cool um aspect because that's something again since this is my first job first exposure to work mm-hmm. um like other than like part-time jobs in school mm-hmm. um like i really internalized like oh this is just what it's like to have a boss like this, mm-hmm. this is yeah. what everybody's talking about this is the grind yeah and then to, to realize that there are other teachers out there at other schools that don't have to, it doesn't have to be that way. Right. Um, and I don't want to put it all in the principle. Like obviously there's major systemic issues that, right. you know, it's, it's something like of the teachers who, of people who leave teaching, it's like 90% of them leave within the first three years. Like, wow. um, that's, and nice. like, it, it, it's a reality, dude. It's just like mm. people, it's a burnout. It's a burnout kind of job. Um, yeah. so so yeah, I, I think I think this other Sam maybe uh, rose to the challenge, um, and I think they captured that uh, really well. Awesome, cool beans, cool beans. Is there anything else that is swirling in your mind about the story or about? I mean, the whole this whole idea, this the conversation we had into the story into now, and anything else swirling inside you? Um. No, I think I, I think I uh, I just miss it, you know. Like talking about this, um, it's funny. Uh, I actually had this conversation after uh, the first portion of this uh, mm-hmm. with Haley, where I was like, for year for the years that I was teaching, I, it was like literally all I talked about uh, because it like consumed so much of your day and your life. Right. And I was also going to school at night to mm-hmm. teach, so it was, my whole world was that. And then to step away from it, realizing now, like I haven't haven't talked about it in years um mm. and yeah talking about this just has me missing it a little bit more than i guess yeah. there's still a big part of me that i maybe had buried a little bit uh, gotcha and, and this is kind of unearthing some of that a little bit yeah okay right in on. a good way like i'm not like upset um uh, it's oh. just cool to feel <laughs> the <things> <laughs> <laughs> good good awesome well well with that then we will bring other Sam to a close. Um, yeah, I don't, there's not really much more to say on that. I'll give a beat. Thanks again to my guest, Sam Brady. Uh, Sam, where can we find you on social media? Are you working on anything interesting? Um, oh man. Um, well, yeah, I, I have a Twitter at Sam Brady, LOL. Um, I, I like to think I'm funny on there. The same as Instagram, but I, my Instagram game kind of sucks. Fair enough. Um, no, dude, uh, things that I'm working on, dude, if, if theaters ever come back, uh, you know, I was on the house team company at second city and we oh, had nice. our shows on Saturdays. Um, it was, like we had a run that got postponed, but we still technically have like three months left of that run. Hey, if, and when picks back up again. So okay. we'll, you, you know, as much as I do right now. Um, Fair enough. so we'll so see, ass- but assuming everything comes back to normal and it picks up where it le- uh, left off. What was the name of your show? Oh, it was uh, called Model UN Model uh, or UN? Supermodel UN rather. Oh, nice. Uh, Supermodel UN. Sorry, dang. Supermodel UN 830s uh, on Saturdays um, at the Second City. What was your was What was your team name? Um, so Supermodel UN is the name of the show. The Cousins were the name of the team. Okay, the Cousins. Um, yeah, the cousins present Supermodel UN. Awesome. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna have to go now that I'm talking about. It, I gotta go like relearn lines. It's been a long time. So. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. But yeah, Fair if enough. that ever if that ever opens back up, that's what I was doing. Um, awesome. It's a great show. Cool beans. So yeah, check out his Twitter. Check out his Instagram. Uh, maybe when things pick back up, feel free to go see one of his shows. Uh, but for Sam real actual Sam Brady. Uh, I'm D. Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. <laughs>